Um, so what are some of these? So that's Gum Alley right there, which is pretty cool. Like Post in uh, Seattle. Gum? So people just stick their gum? Yeah, people just stick their gum on this wall. It's pretty trippy. Um, it's funny. It, it, it smells a lot like like bubble gum. I mean, like you get uh, like fruity flavors and it, it's it's so weird, dude, walking through it. It was a total trip. What about the pipes? What do the pipes go to? So the pipes that are there, I think are existing, like uh, maybe like water pipes or sewage, or I don't know. Yeah, It's kind of fitting, right? You put gum on the sewage pipes. I, like it, it's really weird. I wonder if they'd ever have to replace them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird. That was old a pretty good one right bike, there. Bike fast to pass. Oh yeah. So this was an old sack. This was some footage that was taken. Just kind of uh, some B-roll that I did in old sack. We have the uh, the sack portion. This is co really cool. Hi hi Moji. It's a store in Arden Fair Mall that does like uh, anime oh, no, characters. Oh yeah, I've been there. I've yeah, been, yeah. A couple of things. It's really really cool. The people there are super nice too. The staff was super cool. So in most shopping malls, you have to walk in with your cell phone. You can't go with a big old honking camera. They don't really allow that. But um, yeah, I went through post and cleaned it up a little bit. And it's always the hard part recording on a camera as a nightmare. Oh yeah, just, nothing feels more awkward. Holding a camera right. feels secure and right. Right. Holding a cell phone feels like peeping Tom. Yep. Like there's an issue. Somebody's doing something they're not supposed to. And then right. In Japan, what was it? They uh, they put software into iPhones mm -hmm. to where it blinks. And makes a noise if you're ever recording. What a trip. Because people were in the bathroom. And so on some of our wholesale pages where uh -huh. we trade and buy, sell uh, wholesale lots, you'll get people who sell like a thousand of one iPhone. And it has a JPN in the serial number because wow. it's 20% less, 30% less because any customer is going to use it unlocked anywhere. That's crazy. It's horrible because it's just going to have a noise every time you're shooting a video or a light <laughs> that's on. And it... On iPhone X or 11s, the flash that bleeps right. fucks with the image quality. Wow. So your 4K, your your shooting is always a pain in the ass. Well, I think it's it's a trip, too, that like people actually do stuff like that. I mean, you, you just kind of got to like think about it for a second. I mean, there was something I saw where it was 48.4 years is the average age person in Japan. Wow. So... That's pretty crazy. Imagine an old folks home. Yeah. Right. That's what Japan is. So there's going to be some people from like the 60s, 70s where it wasn't readily available. And it was a little more like, oh, sneak a peek of an ankle. Right, right, right. right. The, thigh. the cane. Yeah. The cane went like missing and now it's all digitalized. And they don't, they don't, it's not their thing. And then right. you have the, the they people, have no clue. Yeah. They have no clue. So of course they went rampant with these hidden camera spy stuff. And then it was outlawed. So people like, are, that's, dude, that's a trip though. It's really unfortunate that people do stuff like that. It's, I think Rogan and a bunch of other podcasters were talking about the declining birth rate mm -hmm. and how this is going to be the norm for almost everyone. Then there's going to be no new innovation. You know, people are going to be 50, 60 years. Right. The, the motto, it's going to be insane. Japan is really showing it because when I was 13, Fast and the Furious was the big thing. Tokyo Drift. Yep. Everyone wanted to go to Japan. Yep. When I went to Japan, 2008, mm -hmm. flew in to Korea, flew back out, stayed over for two days waiting for a flight. 
great place. But boy, it was so like, don't do this, don't do that. So much, what's the word? So much culture that if you miss or if you unfortunately disrespected somebody, you had cops were on every corner, like somebody was there to oh, settle down, do this, do well, that. It's really interesting you're talking about that because, you know, I, I married a uh, Asian woman and, um, you know, my wife and it, it's interesting. I've learned a lot from her family and uh, it's a, it doesn't matter where in Asia. Well, I guess it does, but um they have a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very, you know, your name is everything. And if you, you know, if you, if you do something, it reflects badly on the, on the family name. The so honor they, of the house. Yeah, and things, yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like people. And I mean, in Japanese culture, you know, they, they commit, what is it? Uh, Harry, seppuku. Seppuku. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things where I think a lot of people in the West don't understand that, but to them, the family name and honor is more important than any amount of money or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of culture shock. So it's interesting. You're talking about that. I was watching, what was it? YouTube reels or something. And Logan, uh, from Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. It, they were all, uh, doing seppuku at the, I think it was Hiroshima mm -hmm. and he was in a hole and he saved the guy from the Wolverine movie and he turns out to be the, the villain in the end. But I was, that's ironic that Japan and all this comes up today, like not even three hours after. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, that's how I knew the name. I remembered. Yeah, um, it's a trap. For those of you who don't know, uh, this is during business hours and this is Brandon from Dronecast. He's the what's it, CEO. Yeah, so I'm title. the founder, uh, AKA my nickname, Dean Collins. Everybody really knows me as Dean Collins, but my real name is Brandon, yes. So, so why do you go by Dean Collins? It's kind of an interesting story. So my nickname growing up was Dean and people are like, well, how do you get Brandon and Dean. Well, they used to call me Deanie, Dean, Deanie, Brandini. Ah. So it stuck with me. Dean stuck with me. And then I had a former business partner who uh, a lot of people on this podcast probably know back in the day, KSFM 1025, Chris Collins. Yeah. And so I'm the alter ego of Chris Collins. I became Dean Collins. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, he's he's at an age now where I think he's ready to retire and he's just, you know, had to move he on. He's such a big name back in the day. He, you could he's never... such a cool dude. I mean, I have total respect for him. Um, he's a close friend. His kids are friends. He's been a family friend for like 40 years. Um, super neat dude. Um, his real name is Timothy Anderson. Um, I'm sure there's not a lot of people that know that, but kind of trivia. Um, Drop, dropping some knowledge. <laughs> Anyone in Sacramento, Carmichael, Fair Oaks, even real Linda, everyone growing up, it was 106.5, the end. Yep. 102.5, 105.1, which became 101.9, the wolf. Yep. But we all listened to the radio because if you didn't have CDs, you had the radio. Yep. And when your cell phone came out, people weren't like, oh, MP3s. I remember was, those days. We have FM radio on our phones. Right. That was that was the cool thing. And then if you had a headphone jack back for us in back 2003 freshman year, yeah, it was like, let's do it. Got a headphone, <laughs> wireless. Let's put it through the beanie. Put yep. it on cell phone and listen to the radio. So you listen to 102.5. Yeah. And uh, all the new music come out, and you'd be like, I wish I could record this. Nowadays, you're like, 
screen record, grab, oh, yeah, garage it's, band. It's totally different these yeah. days for sure. But he's a, he's a really cool dude. Um, I met a lot of really neat people through him. How'd you um, meet him? So my aunt, who's an esthetician and has been doing skin now for eons here in Sacramento, she was an in-house makeup artist for Dior. And she met his wife, uh, Shannon, and they just hit it off. They became best of friends. And through Shannon, obviously introduced to, you know, Tim and, or Chris, I should say. Um, and through the years, he just, you know, it became a family friend and he was just, uh, he's a really super neat dude. So that's, that's good to hear. A lot of people, they get big on the internet or big in their industry. Not him. And it's so often that mm -hmm. they just family, friends, they ask him for money. I've talked about on this podcast. Yep. There's always a lot of drama. So it's, it's good. You guys stayed in touch. It was really interesting too. When we, when we joined forces. Um, so it, Chris Collins had a company called Digicast back in the early two thousands. And they were, they were using, you know, the ISDN lines back in the day to uh, broadcast uh, sporting events, concerts, stuff yeah, like that's that. What I was going to say they were at the concerts. They had the yeah. like black banners. Yep. Digicast. Yeah, it looks, it sounds familiar. So he started Digicast. Um, they blew Blew up. He became a big name. Um, he moved to Seattle. He, he lived with his family in Seattle for quite a few years. And then um, he returned, I want to say maybe like 2009, 2010 back and moved Fort to, Chad. yep. And moved to, um, I think it's like the Tahoe area, South Tahoe area. And, um, but really interesting. So when we, we first started our partnership, um, we, he had a bunch of uh, platinum and gold albums that were from the record companies. They were RIAA certified records and they were all presented to him, obviously, because he was the program director in the past for KSFM 1025. And so he wanted to inventory all of these different albums. And so he brought them to me and he said, hey, you know, let's clean them up and make them look nice. I want to take pictures of them and so forth. So for doing that, I got to hold on to them for a couple of months. And in my home office, I had the walls littered with like Janet Jackson's control. I had um, what else? Like uh, Lionel Richie's platinum album. I mean, everyone who's everyone midnight star back in the eighties, it was wow. so cool. And so, you and know, you were I, just transferring like, yeah, we were just like cleaning them up and everything, getting them ready. Um, and then of course, you know, when time came to give them back, I was just like, Oh, but, um, it, it was a lot of fun just walking into my room. And a lot of these like bands had a lot of, um, they had a lot of influence on me growing up. So I'm, I'm 39 or maybe 39 in December. And I was always an old soul. I had a lot of friends that were a lot older than me. So I could enjoy, you know, uh, trivia, music, trivia and facts like that. Mm -hmm. So to have these albums in my home office was just such a treat and yeah, I'll I never forget imagine. that. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in a somewhat, I'd say blue collar home. Uh huh. But uh, my grandfather <laughs> made music with Johnny Cash. Ooh, very cool. Like Merle Haggard. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so his walls were littered with guitars and records. Oh, how neat. So in his living room, he had these, you remember the old, um, probably early 90s, mm -hmm. almost 40. You ever been to a house where somebody's wealthy enough that they had their own bar? Yeah, um, a little wet bar. Like, like yeah. a but you remember that chrome they used to do where it looked like piping that was chromed over? Yep. So my grandfather made this entire guitar rack that was like 
you know, nowadays how you see posters at Walmart. Yeah. Like they're on a swivel, the right. poster. Think of a guitar that's got two plexiglass pieces. What a trip. Just chrome piping around it. So you'd have those and then records in between. Wow. And so I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, we used to never be able to touch these guitars. Right. Or bear the whip. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, so it's, the switch. Yeah. Right. And uh, so it reminded me when you're talking about those, I'm like, and I've seen so many. My grandfather was probably one of the most racist men I ever met. Nothing, Janet Jackson, whatever, but everything from like really, really old 1950s, 1940s records. Like Waylon Jennings? Yeah, 45. I love Waylon Jennings. Just to stacks of old records. That's so cool. Tennessee, Nashville that he had no names on that mm -hmm. he'd be like, oh, I could tell you any which one by the sticker or the color. Sure. Jesus. It's interesting you say that, you know, like back in the day that, you know, a lot of people were raised in that environment and a lot of it was just not being educated on different cultures. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I mean, I think all of us can kind of relate a little bit that are a little older. Um, I had family members that were the same way. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, one of the cool things about music where now that we're talking about music is that it, it was a way to kind of break those barriers and be, bring oh, people yeah. together. It sure. didn't matter whether, you know, cause like, like, it's funny, the most racist of racist people back in the days would go to blues bars and listen to, you know, some of these famous blues musicians that were black. Mm -hmm. So and that was one of the things, because we weren't allowed to go to Michael Jackson's concert. Right. When we were kids, uh -huh. you know, being it's Michael Jackson, right. you know, don't support it. Great. Right. But then you'd sneak off and go to like rock, metal. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, exactly. Metallica. Papa Roach. We went backstage at a Papa Roach concert. Nice. And uh, it wasn't really my parents because mm -hmm. my father, my stepfather is Native American. So he's already darker skin. Oh, very and cool. So that was I'm Native whole, American. Yeah. So he's Blackfoot uh, in Chippewa from okay. up in Montana. I'm and, Iroquois. Oh, nice. And so he, uh, when him and my mother got together, he got pistol whipped by my grandfather. Yeah. Big old scar. On the oh, back I'm sure. Head. Yeah. That must've been like a big no, no. Oh yeah. Taboo. It, it, it totally was very taboo. taboo. But you know, he's willing to take three kids on. So sure. of course, you know, there was some ground there and they sure. got over it, but it was definitely a story that I'll never forget. Absolutely. So most kids always bring up a concert to when I was a kid, it mm -hmm. was, no, you can't go. I don't like that. You know, nobody ever liked the 14 year old style nah. music. It's always something stupid. The kids who always brought a Billie Eilish, like nobody really liked it when I they guess first came Blink out. Blink 182 was like our version back in the day, yeah, right? Yeah, Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy. God, yeah. that was it. And mm -hmm. it was like, no, you can't go. I don't like that music. Or right. back in the seventies when Kiss came out and they're like, devil music, <laughs> worshipers, Satan. And you'd still go and oh, yeah. you'd experience it. And then you'd, you'd have your mind opened up. Like, okay, this isn't so bad. Right. Or if it's like over time put on similar to how the, the racism in my family kind of got over, we yeah. all just did it. Mm -hmm. Like dated a darker skinned woman. Yeah. And People were like, oh, wow. Not yeah. so bad. Exactly. Especially when you, when you force it yeah, around. it's, it, and again, I, th I think that's all, you know, I think that's it. I mean, I was fortunate enough. My, my father was a theologian growing up. So 
I experienced a lot of culture through religion. And so like um, a perfect example is my father. And this was during probably maybe two or three years before 9-11 happened. Um, he was a convert, an American convert to Islam. And, you know, white is the white, white is day, you know, but it was really interesting because it allowed me to look at. Um, you know, people from the Middle East in a different way. I, di I didn't really look at them like, oh, you know, geez, I, I wonder if they have, you know, something strapped to them or it was more like, okay, because I had an understanding. I broke bread with these people. I was at the mosque, you know, uh, it, it, it uh, mm -hmm. their celebration, their annual celebration. And so it really opened my eyes to how um, these are just normal people like you and I, oh, yeah. they have different ways of doing things, but that doesn't make them a terrorist. It doesn't make them a threat to our society. You know, these are just normal people. When I was a kid, I thought every person right. in Islam right. was a terrorist. Exactly. Cause I that's watched what you hear in the news. as it happened. Right. And then the news was like, Oh yeah. Islam. Um, what was it? Al Qaeda. Mm -hmm. All of them are the enemy of the state. Right. Now. Exactly. You had people in like New York, uh, what was it? Uh, Florida, Texas, everyone being attacked, similar to what happened in 2020 with yep. Asian Americans and so yep. on and so forth. But it was a lot worse back then. People yeah, were, it was crazy. I can remember, I can remember back in high school, I had one of my best friends, like he, he would, we would do like rides. He had a, he had a mm -hmm. truck. He'd take me back home instead of me having to take the bus. And I remember we were having a conversation one day um, while listening to KSFM 1025. This was way after uh, Chris Collins left, but we were in the truck and we were talking and um, the subject came up and this was right after 9-11. I think I was like a junior in high school. Um, maybe like it was like a week or two fr fresh. Mm -hmm. So everybody, you know, knew about it. And he looked at me and he said something to the effect of, you know, uh, Muslims are all terrorists or something. I don't remember exactly what the comment was, but I remember looking back at him and I said, so my dad is a terrorist. And he stopped and he thought about it for a second. And he was like, what do you mean your dad? And I said, well, my dad's a Muslim. And he goes, really? And I'm like, yeah, he, he's been a Muslim for the last like five years. And so he's a terrorist. And so I think the more that people started talking about it and like word got out there that, Hey, there's extremist groups in every religion, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Islam, and it's not it doesn't matter. A religion, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's a, religion was the key that was used. A lot of people used that as kind of, okay, you know, let's go in and invade this country and let's do this, this and that. But we all know anybody with half a brain knows why a lot of these politicians did what they did. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but I, I think it's what they declassified quite a bit, but Bush and his family and then Clinton and then before, and then, uh, you know, we all know the history, but yeah, and it's, it's a nightmare it, back then. Now I have, uh, friends like Abdur who's been on this podcast. Mm -hmm. He's Muslim. Yeah. You know, he celebrates Eid and, yeah. uh, he does wrong. He does it all. Ramadan, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's not the best person while fasting, I will say. He's a little bit of a crabby bastard. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I don't think a lot of Muslims are. I think it's, you know, it's funny, and I, I think that kind of fits into the Middle Eastern culture, right? So, and it's, it's a lot like the Asian culture because um, you don't go around and necessarily say what you do that's against 
you know, the religion right. of the family. It's just kind of like, you know, the whole 1950s mistress on the side type thing, Yeah, it's always- but with like food or alcohol or whatever. So I think a lot of that goes on. And, um, we had a kid that educated us quite well in our, uh, the love to fix store. Uh-huh. Uh, what's his name? Ibrahim. Uh-huh. And he was in here and he was like, that's not Haram. That's not Haram. That's not Haram. Everything that was, and we had no idea until he's like, what's, you can't touch this. You can't do that. You can't pick up the food. He's like, no, mm-hmm. no, Like, oh, okay. Didn't yeah. Really know. There's a lot of rules in, in Islam. There's a lot of rules and, um, it's interesting. I think it's also, I don't, I think religion was the core of it. It mm-hmm. started it. And then I think the rules just kind of, it, it came along with that. And it's like, it's taking translate translation in the Quran literally, mm-hmm. right. Instead of looking at it figuratively, like a lot of, you know, secular Christians do these days. Um, I happen to be a born again Christian, but there's stuff in the Bible that I do not agree with. And, um, that's okay. Everybody has an opinion and it's fine. I mean, you know, love me or hate me. I could give a shit, you know, <laughs> it's so it's, funny you bring this up because me and Eric <laughs> were talking the other day. I think the episode came out today uh-huh. about religion mm-hmm. and my experience with religion. Mm-hmm. And boy, it, it's had me thinking through the evening about how, when I was a kid, I think I've been baptized four times, oh, gosh. four times. You're like me. It's crazy to I think was about Catholic, it. Catholic, born again. No, it was, it was all Christianity. <laughs> right. But it was every church wanted to do it again because it was a celebration sure. to bring people in and right. to celebrate you as this like born again person. Mm-hmm. And all I can think about now is like, so if I ever come back to the religion part of my mm-hmm. life, I'm not very religious now. Right. I do. Do I do it again? Or is it just now that the idea is like these churches wanted to celebrate to get mm-hmm. more viewers or like back then it wasn't real social media. Sure. It was more to incentivize other kids mm-hmm. to do it and like, it's the hip thing. It's cool. It's a celebration. Right. Parents will donate. Other people give you money for your little, God, gosh, it just seems like. I think there's definitely, I think there's definitely a lot of churches in the States that, um, you know, make church a business. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, most all churches are a business. And so, you know, being a believer myself, it was very difficult to kind of find a, a, a place to lay my head. Oh, okay. And yeah, because there's so much like, you know, business involved in it. And of course, me, myself being a businessman, I can see right through the BS That's all the my time. problem a right. lot. Yeah. At every person, like what we were talking yeah. about the other day, there was a pastor. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw the broke, busted and disgusted. Yeah. Guy. Yep. He claimed my video I had just 30 seconds of him talking. He's a pastor talking on Instagram. Sure. You wouldn't believe that it's copyright claimed. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, man. I, I would think that's fair use. I'm just letting you know. I think it's fair use. Yeah, still, I agree with you. Uh, he got, take it, I don't care. But it's so funny that this man can then scream at all his people how they so broke he can't get a Movado watch. Right. That's nuts. It's crazy. It, that's that's where it's out of control. And that's where, you know, upper management or I should say the pastors or bishops, that's where they've they've really kind of, you know, gotten it wrong. I think that was years. his church that he has yeah. as a live streaming. Mm-hmm. I think federal government, when you see something that's like that actively corrupt. All right, let's just review that 501C or, you yeah. know, it's paperwork that 
somebody's got to pull the strings on. Yeah. It can't all be righteous gemstones, yep. HBO style. Yep. But that's just pushes me further. But yeah, it's 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 hard. It's it's really really difficult um, to find a to find a home. You know, um, I was able to do it. I'm gonna, I'm just going to throw the shout out on there because I I really love my church. Mm-hmm. I love the people there. Center of Praise. It's a great church. It's off of Capitol extremely culturally diverse. Um, I mean, everybody from black, white, Asian, purple, pink, you know, it doesn't matter. Very inclusive. Yeah. Everybody goes there. Um, you know, it's the word is amazing. Um, you know, the Bishop Bishop, uh, Parnell Lovelace is just an awesome, awesome human being. Um, you know, management there does a really good job of keeping the eye on spreading the word instead mm-hmm. of taking from the people the ties yeah. yeah and and that to me is just that that's a huge turnoff i mean that that should be something that and i know in the bible it you know talks about tithing tithing is extremely important for uh, a, a church but i think there's this fine line where it's mm-hmm. like okay wait a minute um you know new mercedes audi you know it it, it should be for the church and the held of the church but right. not the people like you don't need to live in a fifteen no bedroom mansion. No, with it's six not like cars. the Joel Olstein type stuff. Have, you know. Have you seen the Righteous Mr. Gemstones? Horse Teeth? Righteous Gemstones? Yeah. No, I haven't. Do you have HBO Max? I do. You need to watch the Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> it's a family. I'm gonna watch that tonight. It's like a family of religious. Uh, the old days where they would telecommute telecom their sermons similar to the guy on Instagram, right? And get people to call in and give money so they'd hold arena style. Well, imagine if that was like big money now and you've got John Goodman and, or not John Goodman. What's his name? The guy who looks like John Goodman, the guy from Eastbound down. And oh out. yeah. Eastbound and out. Yeah. yeah. So that guy, a bunch of them are just real religious folks right. and they're living with their daddy in West Texas and they got 16 acres of land that are all houses for their family and they just fly to place <laughs> to place. Yeah. And they got a compound with this militia <laughs> and they make so much money just on the word of God, you know? Nuts. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. I mean, that's not that's not what religion should be about. Oh no no no! It, it's it's really not. I'm um, not religious, and I can see this. That's yeah. it's so hard because my wife is. I'd say she's religious to a degree. She mm-hmm. wants her kids to have some religion. Yeah, and like you know, higher power mm-hmm. style religion. And then we have our cousins that are Pentecostal Christians. Yeah, everyone raises an eyebrow on that. It just sounds like snake charm, right? Like the the Joel Alstein. Yeah, they can't. You know, hey, look at me. I don't. I don't die. Right. Well, I went to their church when mm-hmm. we were in Oklahoma. You know, kind of breaking bread. Bible Belt. Sure. Yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, we'll go out there. We'll see what it's about. And I'm nervous, sweating. I sweat a lot. Oh yeah. So I'm sweating, thinking I'm going to get like somebody's going to come grab my head and just you know start doing something because they <laughs> they. Please don't take offense. I'm going to tell this story. Don't take offense to this if you're in these churches. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. But this lady, I don't know her name, don't know nothing, just Mm -hmm. randomly stands up and starts stating uh, what she called um, prophecies. Mm -hmm. So she just randomly grabs somebody's head, just grabbing your head while speaking in tongue. Wow. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah, it's a, it's a little trippy. How that's, do you know who's in the church, who's not? I was visiting. My wife's visiting. Mm-hmm. Kids are there. We're all acting fine. They grab somebody right next to me. I nearly shit myself. 
I thought I was going to burst into flames. If there's any holy power in this church, <laughs> just like, oh, don't give me a heart combustion. Yeah. It's just ignition. Yeah. <laughs> like something's going to happen. Like some witchcraft, like it's all a show just for us. Right. So I was scared shitless. But then as everyone's, you know, they were all nice besides the crazy head shake. Yeah. Man. They, they have their own life. They don't, they're not really like pushy on you or right. anything, but they don't believe in healthcare. They do dental, but no healthcare. You know, they're like, I would say I've sewn my own hands up mm -hmm. more times than I'd like to count. Right. I stabbed myself in the chest on accident with a razor blade yesterday. It was, Ouch. it was not fun. I was trying to cut something. And Were I'm you just, leaking? Yeah, I was leaking. So I got a butterfly. Uh, but that's, <laughs> I stupidly play with razor blades a lot with all the stuff we do. We're guys. Whether it's 3D printing, yeah. molding candles, et cetera. Right. Constantly cutting or doing something. And I cut myself and I, I really thought back to that. I'm like, this is something a person should go to the hospital for. Yeah. But I don't. I never do. Mm -hmm. I'm just always the one. I'm a super glue. I, oh, I, super glue is awesome. So <laughs> I have a big old scar from a couple of weeks ago here. Mm -hmm. and one here because I cut my finger pretty badly and I had just tied it off with a rubber band. That reminds me. Out. It's funny when you said super glue, it reminded me of the trailer park boys when, uh, <laughs> when Ricky, Ricky yeah. shot his bag and like Bubbles was sitting there like <laughs> gluing his bag together with super glue. I love that show. I am just like totally. Somebody else brought that up after I had mentioned yeah. this and uh, it was quite hilarious. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes too after they watched that. They're like... Hmm, oh, super glue really works. It does. And yep. all the guys at the shop now use it. It's awesome. It's that's why they used it back in Nam. Yeah. And I tell that story and they still like, no, let me Google it. Oh shit, they do. Yeah, it's and used it's like in the medical field. New skin is basically super glue with yeah. a different compound. Yep. And so it goes back to when I'm at the church. I'm like, well, they don't do that. They were nice people, but I don't think I'll ever get over the fact that somebody tried to kiss my wife. And let me tell you the story. So this church meets people with a holy kiss when they're baptized. Right. So everyone goes mouth to mouth, like, and no lips, just like. Right. So somebody comes up, grabs my wife's hand. Oh, Leslie. Okay. Um, pulls her close. Like, no, no, I'm not, not baptized. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I don't do that. Yeah. What, what's going on? So right. We're just friends, you know, this is not how just friends act. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's just Keep the her. weirdest moment out of everything. Nice people. Cool. Uh, it's not 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Um, yeah, no, I, that's, that's a little scary. I, a little I can imagine. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of culture shock. <laughs> I could not imagine somebody ever like pulling your wife in, in front of the husband to kiss them. But I kept seeing it with the cousins and the people there. And I'm just like, I would have preferred the snakes. Yeah. yeah. Me too. It's just a bunch yeah. of people, grown people kissing. And then apparently there's like younger side of them that get baptized at like 14, 15. Mm -hmm. And, uh, do they get kissed too? Or yep. well, that's a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. What's the age of the consent? <laughs> just, oh, we're going to look this it was up. Like, that just popped in my head. It's probably 16 there in Oklahoma. I would imagine 16. 16. I called yeah. it. Yeah. Who's at least 18 years. It says, which means it's illegal for a minor who is 15 age years or younger. <laughs> consensual. Wow. Yeah. Like people, yeah. Like why you know what consent second? is at 16, right? Like, so hold on. Why is it the second question on here is which is the age of 14? Um, which state has the age 14? That's a little scary. Age Minimum age of a victim is 14. Uh, what would that be? So if they're under the age of a victim, they're a child. So then it's pedophilia. I, I, I mean, to me, it's all pedophilia. I mean, yeah. I, dude, I, I look at, 
I look at, I, I shit you not. I look at, you know, 20 year old girls with their freaking, you know, chonies we've, hanging we've up and I'm like, about this yeah, it, they look like times. little girls. There's something wrong. <laughs> if you, and I, I'll say it, if you're a man and you're looking at 15, 16 year old yeah, style you women and you're assuming they're 19, yeah. there's a problem. Right. I, for some reason, I was always hanging out with people seven to 10 years older than me. When I was 13 to 20, Same. I was going to hookah bars, yep. uh, bars, friends would get me in. And my brother, who was nine years, eight years older than me, mm-hmm. his friends would hang out with me if it wasn't just him. Sure. So we'd go places and do things. And then the women they talked to. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I talked to their friends and they were older. Yep. And it just bred something. Since I was 13, 14, I was talking to older women. And every time being 30 now, I see somebody who's like, oh, that 21 year old girl, she's just got done with SU or uh, with SCU. And I'm like, run, run. Get away. That's, that's that is a problem. It's jailbait. It's jailbait. You know, any woman can look like uh, 15 right. at home with a little makeup, a little lace. That's your prerogative. What you do in your own home, your prerogative. Sure. As long as it's legal and not like, viciously immoral. Right. But then again, I know people who are dating those 18, 19 year olds who are 35 because they've got a little bit of money. Again, I think the media is to blame for it. Like totally like check it out, man. Like modeling agencies back in the late nineties, eighties, you know, early two thousands, they were all about, and even to this day, they're all about, um, you know, the image. Yeah. And like these girls, these girls that, that look like they're, you know, in their twenties, they're 14 and 15 years old. Nobody, and you know, it's funny. They have a, what it, what it was at the te- uh, TikTok. I'm going to stutter my words here. The age of use on the app is 13, uh-huh. but you have nine to 12 year olds using it, stating they're 13. And then you've got people dancing. What did you think would happen? They, they have so much data, mm-hmm. so much data on people to not know that the 40 year old who supposedly entered into the app has a 12 year old son or daughter who's now photo on the app and you have that in the juvenile records or whatever in the birth sure. records, if that app can't tell A and B together not to be on there, these phones are significant enough. It could just say, okay, you're not the owner of the phone, turn off. Right. They don't want to be scaring the masses. I get that. Right. But if you have a Chinese company operating in the U.S., doing what it's doing with the data, mm-hmm. you know, they've already stated they've had breaches and everything gets reported sure. straight to Shanghai. I'm just saying they should have the ability to say, oh, you're not allowed to be here. Right. Ban it. They already banned Andrew Tate as well, along with Instagram. I Facebook, heard about that. Yeah. Everywhere. I, I understand why he pushed all his misogyny women. I definitely have my own views about what was good at, about Andrew Tate and what was bad. Mm-hmm. But banning him is the wrong idea. You're well, I mean, send, it's the same thing with like Rogan, right? So <laughs> you're sending 10 million followers right. straight to a paid platform now because yep. he's releasing his experience two or three or whatever. And you're just going to give him 30, $40 million overnight. Tesla truck got what a billion dollars in reservations still two years late yep. and nobody's getting refunds. Yeah, it's, 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 there's some, there, there's some total, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say there's some total fuckery going on like behind the scenes. It's bad. Social media is horrible. It is bad. It's a double-edged sword, like being a business owner and better yet being a cinematographer. It's, it's a total double-edged sword. And there's a lot of things that I see on social media that I wish I didn't. 
And, um, but you know, I think with time there will be changes. I hope so. There will be changes. If the platform is held responsible, I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be a thing. If I created a website Mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, you could post child pornography, Mm -hmm. but that's you posting on this subcategory of land I own. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody having a fire sale for illegal guns on property sure. I own. Sure. You know, that's what Twitter's doing. Right. They have p- places they sell child pornography. They have yep. women who are selling their bodies on OnlyFans and advertising through Twitter. Yep. Instagram does the same thing, not as per- pornographic. And it's pushing a horrible narrative. If my son has a cell phone at 12, uh, I, there's no way I can control every single app and not all of them need um, parental control, but all yep. of them have pornographic material one way or another to look at. Yep. Even yeah, it's it's a joke. Children's YouTube. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. It really is. And and it's weird. It's it's kind of ironic how, you know, the algo will, you know, catch on to something that's copywritten, but they won't catch on to things that deal with sex. No, not at all. Or and that's, that's hate speech. Yeah. Hate now. speech. Yeah. You got a lot of people, um, Eric being, he's very left, mm-hmm. you know, of the, the spectrum. But so we <laughs> were talking about, I think it was Brandon Walsh or Chris Walsh. He's very right, like conservative. Mm-hmm. And he always talks about how women's rights are just women, you know, sure. you can't really be a, anything but a woman or a man, so on, forcing his narrative on that. And so we were looking at something. I was like, man, this one's like especially hateful and like poking the bear at certain people where you should have just been like, okay, I really don't give a shit. Ben Shapiro, everyone Mm -hmm. hates him. Oh yeah. He's very, the way he's like, oh no, if if I respect you or if we're at dinner together, I'll call you by what what you ask, but I'm not going to be forced. You can't force my freedom of speech. Right but I'll happily give it to you. I'm not against calling you what you want to be called. That's more the line where I'm at, where I'm like, you can't tell me I have to call you, you or whatever. It or what, or yeah, right. Don't tell me it's a law. You can't change my speech. Just like you can't put a box in my voice. Right. No. And uh, so we were looking at one of those guys. I'm like, some of these videos he says definitely have like, a citation or something. Sure. <laughs> you know, some of the shit he says is, is not on point. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's pretty crazy. I feel like also my generation, or I should say maybe a little earlier than my generation. I was, I was right at the tippy top of what a millennial, what they would classify as a millennial. So, oh, but really? like generation X and, they kind of paved the way for a lot of this stuff that's going on right now. And it's, it's, it's rough, you know? And I think if you look even further back, you see that, um, you know, groups even before that or generations even before that were, you know, look at the fifties, right? So, you know, the husband had a mistress on the side and it was socially acceptable. And so there's this whole, you know, underground culture, right. That, it just, there it, wasn't as many eyes back then. No, everything. well, everybody's got a camera phone now. So exactly. So then it's, it's to be made more public because uh-huh. what was that whole thing where it's like, as long as I can't see her, she's not involved in anything and she doesn't have the house, the ring or the car. Right. You can have her. Right. And I was like, damn. Yeah. That's pretty cold. That's cold. And also like good for them. If they're willing to deal with that much shit, it's, it's gotta be worth it. Right. But 
So you were talking about being a cinematographer. Uh How often are you like on shoots? And um, let's start with how did you get into being a cinematographer? Total like just mistake, uh, if you want to call it that. So um, I owned a 3D printing business prior to any of the camera stuff. And um, I had some clients that would bring in, you know, uh, they'd have CAD drawings of some cinema stuff that they'd want made for their cameras, attachments, so forth, whatnot. Um, But I really didn't start to get curious until my wife and I had a heated conversation. This was before she was my wife about um, cell phones versus DSLRs. And of course, you know, I've always been, uh, I guess what they would call a techie referred to as a techie, uh, tinker techie um, from the old school and new school. But um, we were talking about the differences between the two of them. And I said, look, I said, you know, my Galaxy, which I still have, um, you know, can take pictures just as good as a DSLR. Oh, so you were on the phone side. Yeah, I was on the phone side. And a totally uneducated, you know, just, you know, so we're going back and forth and it got me thinking, I was like, okay, let me do some research on this. So Google, like everybody else does in this day and age. And I was looking through articles about the differences between image sensors and a cell phone and a DSLR. And I learned about, you know, uh, super 35 full frame, you know, uh, one inch sensors, micro four thirds. And I got fascinated immediately. And I was oh, like, easy. Yeah. yeah I was like, I just need to find out more about this. So I ended up purchasing a uh, used DSLR. My first uh, camera was a 60 Mark II, oh, a nice. Canon. And I did a lot of research prior. I you know, knew that Canon had really good color science. Um, I liked the videos that I saw that people were taking with the DSLR. And then I learned about Magic Lantern, which was a, a side-by-side firmware. So in essence, what it does is it works alongside the factory firmware and it tweaks the, the settings so that you can open up menus and that were designed by uh, people for the, in the UI. I have to add, it does void your warranty. Uh, oh, not, totally. Not, not responsible here. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. <laughs> it, if you do not know what you're doing, do not do it. Like, period. Um, I've bricked... A camera before don't do it um, people bring in bricked cameras from yes <laughs> don't yeah. don't do it uh but you know i went down the rabbit hole and eventually i ended up purchasing a 5d mark three which was the holy grail of magic lantern yeah. um an absolutely amazing camera i still use it to this day it's not used as much say in a commercial setting that's just because it the ease of use and amount of posts you have to put into it is bloggers loved it. It was oh, like yeah. number one, like 2012 to 2017 yeah. shot. They came out with yeah. the EOS uh, mm-hmm. update for webcam, EOS yeah. webcam update. I think I still have it on this computer because I used it for my, my Nikon Z50. Mm-hmm. And then I had to pair it with the OS because it was yeah. easier to use. Still a little latency, even yeah. though with 3090. Sure. But man, it was, it was a good yeah, software. the picture the picture quality is amazing. It, it's just it's really cool. And, and of course, that started the whole DSLR revolution for the people that were, you know, cinematographers or film people at heart from this, the onset. I went to school with some of these people that, you know, were. And of course, I'd always look at them and make fun and just like, oh, you know, you're you're still, you know, you're still doing your thing. And how old are you now? You know, and then the bug bit me and I went down the rabbit hole like Alice. <laughs> still doing your thing. Right. Still doing yeah. my thing. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like totally. But anyhow, um, 
so I, I started out with the uh, 60, went to the 5D Mark III. And from that point on, I was just hooked. I, I, I was fascinated by, you know, color and depth. The color, coloring is what I really, my first and foremost, my love. And um, then from there, it got even worse. Uh, and I ended up going to Super 35, which is a little different than a full frame camera, DSLR. Um, in fact, I- Yeah, tell one. me about this thing. <laughs> this, this man has brought a, uh, a recording beast. This is a massive uh, camera here. Got a wide angle lens there. Yeah. So that over here on your left. Oh, it's that big camera. Oh, this camera right here. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. You got yeah. cameras all over the place, man. That used to be up here, and we would do a wide-angle shot, but it uh -huh. ended up being a bit of a beast to try and deal with. So, yeah, this big bastard here uh, was That's the camera that kind of changed it all. For, for reference, that is... Oh, it's... Yeah. Probably... Let's, let's say the length of... Height of a iPhone 12 Pro Max by... Four, I would say four by four. So 12 of these. Yeah, it's it's pretty square. gnarly. And what type, you even have a, an actual XLR microphone. Yep, oh yeah. Why an XLR versus like a boom or a Rode? So it's, it, that's really interesting that you bring that up. Um, and it's a studio condenser yeah. too. It's not like your, your normal mic. Um, no, that's the equivalent of one of these yeah. E30. I almost bought a couple of those yeah. <laughs> instead of these. Yeah. So that's a $400 microphone mm -hmm. on a portable camera. Mm -hmm. So this, the sound is completely different. Um, again, I went down the rabbit hole even further, not just image, but sound. And um, <laughs> so the cool thing about the Canon EOS Cinema Series. Merry Christmas, a smaller uh, XLR cable oh, for thank you. you. I got a pack of 20. He's got, yeah. this, this guy totally has everything. Like, <laughs> There's nothing that this man does not have. Seriously. That's my, I have, uh, I've inherited the hoarder mentality of buying in bulk on things. When you're in business. I know it's just, everything's a write off, but eventually I got to sell some of like the smaller items mm -hmm. like that Z 50 I was talking about. I finally sold it. I used it maybe 10 times. The, the photo that's on my computer, I've got mm -hmm. a bunch of raws, uh, things I never edited. <laughs> and then I was like, man, it sat here doing nothing but product photos. Mm -hmm. and EOS over to a laptop or whatever. Sure. And I had a customer who was like, no, I need a really good camera. I want to start yeah. uh, like a home shoot for teaching food oh, or something. Oh, no, not another one. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I got boom <laughs> arms. I got everything you need. I, five grand, I'll get you everything you need. Sure. You can st set up. I didn't realize, but I, in my head, I thought I paid like $3,000 for this camera. Mm hmm. No, I paid like $1,200 for the camera, $1,000 for a lens. Nice. And various minimum, like 2,500 bucks. Somehow I sold it for $5,000 on financing. Nice. And uh, she didn't give me any time to like look it up. She's like, no, I'll take it. I'm approved for $10,000. Wow. So she's got her uh, Acoma pay, which we take financing at the mm -hmm. store. I'm like, sure, I'll sell it to you. I'll just put the serial number in and take it. And then she's like, yeah, and uh, if you have any lighting, and I swear this woman was setting up an OnlyFans. Like she wanted, wow. she wanted somebody to show her how the camera worked, how to put up the arms, little light panels. So I had a bunch of extra of these lights. Like, yeah, I'll sell you two of these with it. Racked it up to five grand. Done. It was wow. gone. I never have to look at it again, except I didn't format the SD card. So there's a bunch of candle pictures, some slime pictures. It's like, should I delete these? Yeah. Well, like you can use them for content. 
They're yours. You bought them. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's part of the $5,000 price tag. Exactly. You know, content ownership. <laughs> Could you imagine a content ID? This picture on your website is owned by X, Y, and Z who purchased X years ago. That'd be so funny. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. So what is the box on the top? So this guy right here. Mm -hmm. So this is a screen that pulls out. Oh, that's what I was thinking at first. And you have controls here. And then you also have your, you have controls over the sound, manual control. So this camera, the EOS Cinema Series, I don't know if it's on the 100, but I know the 200, 300, 500, and 700 all have a, um, and these are Canon Cinema 300, 500, 700. They all have um, XLR outputs that do phantom 48 volt power. Yeah. It's hard to find. <sighs> Tell me about it. I mean, some of, I mean, there's some cameras that are, you know, $25,000 that don't have it. I know, um, what is it? Not GoPro, but the other one. Uh, DJI. Insta360? Oh, DJI. DJI is now coming out with their panel system. Uh, it has XLR outputs and even USB-C yeah. that have power. They're pretty but awesome. These originally are mm -hmm. so much lower in gain mm -hmm. without phantom power. So on our original Yamaha, mm -hmm. it did not give phantom power even though it had a button for it. For some reason, the mixer wouldn't it's power hard. it. So I bought a cloud mixer. Mm -hmm. And that's a $500 in between. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> Except to be a big old box. Except really, to sell it for a thousand dollars. It's so yeah. It's it's <laughs> normally it's like five ninety nine. So I bought right. it from some mixer website, and it's all supposed to be racked up nicely. Now I just got it on extension cables in the bottom of the ground, and then we go to the road, mm -hmm. the Roadcaster Pro. It, it's not needed anymore. Yeah, it still sounds a little more crisp through the older uh, cloud mixer. The gain is a little clearer, but man. If uh, I would have watched a couple of YouTube videos and not been so impatient, I could have just hooked up a resistor. Oh, so you XLR. have the same problem I do. Yeah. It's like I could have just popped it in there, but I'm impatient. And I, I need, I think I have ADHD mm -hmm. where I'm like, if I don't get the satisfaction of doing it now and it's completed, then right. I'm going to hunt forever right. in the wrong places. It all, I'll go through a million boxes just to find the last one. Yep. And I'll just be as satisfied, but it'll take so much longer. Yep. That's what happens. It's yeah, that's what happens. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, this thing has um, 48 Phantom 48 volt power, like a lot of the cinema series cameras does uh, or do rather. It has a super 35 sensor, um, which is a, it differs a little from full frame. But the, and it's, what's really interesting, this will catch you guys by surprise. So this camera's image sensor has a total resolution, I believe of it, the output in megapixels is 8.3 or 8.7 or something like that. So when, when the people hear that, they think uh -huh. eight megapixels, they're going to be like, one of my cameras, right? one is twice as many as that. Sure. So what does that mean to them? <laughs> So the difference is um, these cameras use bare sensors, image sensors. And um, when you put them side by side to say a phone image sensor, uh, there is no comparison. Obviously, just because the resolution of a phone 
um, you know, has 20 megapixels or 40 or 100, doesn't matter. Um, you're still dealing with an image sensor that's very small. And so uh, your dynamic range is decreased. And a lot of phone manufacturers, what they do is they, you know, tweak it out with software. That's the number one go to. Second is they have really good glass. I mean, it's tiny, but their their glass is very good. They've got, you know, huge R&D budgets so they can do things like this. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's it's night and day when you talk about a uh, eight megapixel cinema camera sensor, a super 35 sensor. Um, I'll actually I'll show you if you want to pull that other camera up real quick right there. I'll show you what it looks like. I always tell people the difference in cameras versus like DSLR uh -huh. is like a hose uh -huh. versus a water spigot right. in your house that's corroded. You can have like the size of a drip versus yeah. a hose or a nozzle. Right. And one's going to be like a $200 faucet versus a $15 right. faucet. And we'll just bring this up so the viewers can see it. I mean, it's huge. This image sensor is gigantic. And so the difference is the image sensor in your cell phone is about that big. This image sensor is about that big. Oh, actually, let me grab you an image sensor. Oh, yeah, there we go. So this right here is the image sensor from the cell phone. That is an 8-megapixel camera. Teeny, teeny, tiny little. And so this is the lens right here, the lens housing right here. And then on the back, but you can't see it when that's when the housing is off. You have this teeny little sensor in there. Would you say that that is as big as the charging socket? Oh yeah, yeah, as big as as big as a Type C charger. It's teeny tiny, so it's the difference is night and day. And it's it's all about because a lot of people don't realize cameras capture light. Right. Right. So what light can be captured by a larger space? Right. Clarity, color the depth of the photo, it's all captured in that sensor. Sure. So when people are like, oh, eight megapixels versus eight megapixels, there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Every Night and day. Android tech, tech boy comes with like 28 megapixels. That was me. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The OnePlus uh, 9 Pro T has got uh, 74 megapixels uh, combined. <laughs> what do you have? I raised you, sir. That was me. Yeah, it's, uh, that was me. And it's just, it, guys, it is night and day. Um, there's really nothing like quite like shooting on a full frame cinema or a DSLR uh, versus a phone. Um, it's not all about resolution. And I think people get lost in revolution, a resolution, revolution, oh, yeah. resolution. They get lost in resolution and they should really be thinking more about the dynamic range. Too many people also, the repair company that we own. Mm hmm they always ask us what television to buy when we don't fix their TVs. I got stacks of TVs that people donate and they're like, problem. I'm not going to fix them. I'm not going to sell them. Right. Maybe got e four or five. There's literally a stack behind these cameras mm -hmm. of just four TVs and a couple of 4K monitors. Problem being, the everyone wants the better hyped up OLED. Six series, seven series. But 8K is the new thing. Vizio. It's got Netflix. It's got Amazon Prime. It's got what you need. All on a new dime. Um, and that should be their slogan. It's so dumb because I'm like, well, if you're 2016 TV, I have a curved OLED Samsung 2016 model. It was the great screen. Great. Mm -hmm. Six years now, 
started developing tears in mm-hmm. the pixels. It's because also it's on four hours a day right? for six years continuously. So it's starting to give out. Sure. And so now it's like little straight lines where the pixels go out and right. it just starts to tear more because it's an OLED. Sure. Well, they've proven that they're made to break. It's constantly on tension to where you turn that up, heat, tension. Sure. Their warranty is five years. So, of course, it goes out. And I'm telling people, I'm like, don't buy the latest and the greatest. He's like, yeah, guy the other day, I paid $4,000 for my TV. I'm like, you know, you could have got a $400 TV and it'll act the exact same. Yep. Your eyes can only take in so much information because right. there's only so much resolution, so much megapixels, so much space for your eyes, which are a sensor. You know, That's why I think it's ridiculous. You're seeing this trend in Hollywood where they're moving to full frame and like, I get it for post. It does cut down your post time when you have a, you know, uh, a, uh, a video that was filmed in high resolution, but it's ridiculous. Um, so full frame you're talking about with the black bars, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when they cut, uh, a quarter of the image off. So that's helping with the post. That's no, that's, that's super 35. Okay. That's, that's why they, you know, came out with that. So full frame is basically, um, it's just a bigger image sensor. Mm -hmm. So it's like true 35 millimeter film, full size film, like what you would shoot stills on back in the seventies and eighties. Um, but they're, you know, upping these sensors and the resolution is, you know, like on a lot of these cameras are eight K and it's like, Okay, but there there are very few 8K uh, capable devices that can actually benefit from this. And second, like you you made a great point. It's like the human eye can only see so much. Mm -hmm. And so it's gotten to a point where uh, cinematographers are a lot of new age uh, uh, cinematographers are using these full frames and it's unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. James Cameron being one of the the first like, okay, we're going to prep for the future in video. Mm -hmm. Avatar, right? Mm -hmm. He developed a camera that could shoot such a wide degree of, what is it, information Mm -hmm. so that they could edit it in a way without losing quality. Right. Great idea. He knew that in a couple of years it would be ready to edit. Sure. Good for him. Right now, people are saying 8K isn't ready for use, but it will be in a few years. How much further could they fucking get from just doing like augmented reality movies? Like everything's going to be 360 degree 8K video. That's going to be the peak. Otherwise, you'll have high end seizures, uh, acute mental psychosis from being in some alternate dimension and then just people committing suicide from their eyes bulging out of their head from yep. being stuck in 3D video. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's kind of where it's headed. It's it's. I could you imagine sad. the porn addiction? To, oh my to god! Yeah, it's like why don't have sex with your wife? Exactly. You, know? <laughs> when, you remember when Samsung came out with the goggles? I do. They sold oh. Every sixty-year-old customer who bought those came in. I was like, "Can you show me how to?" go on the internet and use 3d video. I'm like, what do you need it for? And it was always the first website to come out with 3d pornographic material was uh, Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Walking your grandfather through how to select porn. And this was something we got paid a lot for. Was like, oh, I'm oh, sure. Pay for discretion. discretion. Right. I can remember the first customer. I remember his name, his face, everything. The, this kid lit up 
like uh, the kid from, uh, what was it? Christmas Story, the Red Raider. <laughs> and all I could think was, go blow out your eye. That was it. I was like, you're going to shoot your eye out. Yeah. Go do it. Have fun. Never saw him again. Well, and again, that leads to declining numbers in youth, like in what's happening in Japan. I think it's really ironic how J- Japan is such a tech, like, centered, you know, country and... All their There's youth are that. leaving, not staying there because the, I guess the opportunities could be an issue, right? right. Corporations and less people are screwing because like everybody's doing it in VR. Exactly. So it's the world. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how this got into population. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's crazy because Elon Musk put me on the idea through another podcast of mm-hmm. his, and it's one of those spiral moments. I'm like, no, we got eight billion people. We cannot have a declining birth rate. There's no way there's less people today screwing than there were at 4 billion people. Sure. Sure as shit. It's down like 30, 40%. Like, really? I didn't even want to be a dad. And it just happened. I call it, my son is called the 4 a.m. rollover. The 4 a.m. Yes. It's, you could put ideas to it, but that's his name. He'll learn it when he's like 16. Oh, man. And uh, it was, I don't want to be a dad. I came into a a marriage. I stepped in as a stepfather and was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'll raise this kid. I love this kid. My dad was a stepfather. So it was very, I knew the the option. Mm -hmm. And then shit, now I got a household of, you know, full of kids smashing stuff all the time and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And I never imagined being a dad. That's how it happens. To think of everyone else being like, oh no, fatherhood's sucker. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sitting here like I was I was unhappy thinking I was happy and now I'm a dad and I'm like oh shit well I think it, it's interesting too I mean now that we're on the subject of kids I really think they add a element of responsibility to us men I oh, think it's God, I yes. think it's different for women because they're just naturally you know motherly right mm-hmm. so but for Just men, got Andrew Tate canceled, so let's tread <laughs> careful. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so um, yeah, like, but with men, you know, uh, it, it definitely makes us, I think, a lot more responsible, and not only that, but aware. My wife aware. tried to tell me because I was a single man dating uh-huh. a woman with a child. Uh-huh. So I'd come over to her parents' house; she was living there mm-hmm. temporarily during a breakup. Sure. So her mother cooked every night. So Ooh, I was like, okay, nice. cooking. Free food? I get better than that. I wasn't this big. I was a little bit bigger than you. This is just all 2020s weight. But point being, I was there every night playing with the kid, eating mm-hmm. food, free food. They were down the street from my uh, my office at the time. Oh, gosh. So it was easy. Right. Easy. Just go. And then she got fed up with me. I'm like, what the free food? You know? And uh, she warned me. She's like, if I was you, I wouldn't do this. And so she sat me down. I was like, you do not have to be with me. Mm-hmm. I'm a single mother with a child. And you have money, time, you look happy. I'm like, well, you don't. Like, that, all I could think about was like taking care right. of her and the kid. Right. And I'd never felt that for somebody before. So it's one of those like hard. That's yeah, a special like, feeling. Dude, I, that I, is a I was special a fuck feeling. boy my entire life. I dated my now wife 10 years ago mm-hmm. and we had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I broke up the moment the abortion was done. I was like, I'm free. There's, here we go. Right. I was getting clean, sober, mm-hmm. and I ran. To come back eight years later, another child, it's like, I'm not religious, but I'm telling you there was a plan there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a crazy full circle. So when that started happening, something biological took over. You can say Andrew Tate or whatever, but it was like, no, I have a, a need and a nurturing, yeah. like, I got to provide, protect. Right. 
And my wife is, she's anti-feminist. She's like, no, I'd love to be at home and all, all day taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. doing the household stuff. If that's what makes you happy, I want to make you happy and take care of you, the kids. It's not what she does. She loves her job, makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. She gets, she gets worn thin sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, I wish I could do more. It's never enough for men, right? Right. No, <laughs> so. it's it really, yeah, that's a that's interesting we're talking about that. I think it hits home with a lot of men. I, oh, yeah. I, I really do. I, I think it's there's something special about bringing life into this world. Yeah, they said that I would feel different the moment it was my kid. <laughs> Everyone, they hyped me up and ruined it for More me. More like scared as fuck. So you're going to see that baby come out and you're going to, your world's going to change. Right. It was so much worse when my son came out mm-hmm. because I was like, well now shit, there's more. I right. Gotta, I got to do more. It wasn't like this incessant need. I already had this like protect, provide, sure. nurture, love for my daughter. Now it's like, oh, you little mouth breather. Mm-hmm. Gonna take up so much time and effort. And now we're going to have to carry two bags. Do the, like that was the first thought, very selfish and like shit. And my wife hates that I talk about this because I'm, I do the blunt thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No. Happy. Why? I don't know. For some people it's easier, I guess. <laughs> and so like, if I'm mad at my son, I'm not going to like curse at him and like call him names or scream at Doesn't him. Doesn't do anything. But I'm going to walk out that room and be like that little shit. He's like, I'm going there and break a kneecap. If I was the man I was 15 years ago, talking to me like that, she takes it seriously. I'm not really going to hurt my son. But like, (laughs) so I say these things in like a a moment of just like frustration in a Mm -hmm. sarcastic manner. It's like, oh no, he must be angry. Like, no, chill. Like, if I'm coming in with a baseball bat and like talking very New Yorker, like, you know, we got a problem. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I love my kids. But when my son was born, it wasn't this like overwhelming nurturing effect. It was more like a, oh shit, there's more responsibility. I got it. I got to hit it and get it. Right. That's uh, it's another. No like, more naps. Oh god. <laughs> my wife can nap in the middle of the day when she gets to. If I try and nap that isn't like an hour post waking up, if I'm not like, oh, I'm a little too more tired, I'm gonna hit thirty yep. minute nap. It at four p.m. If you try and nap, I'm out. Till the next day. Yeah. I can't do the nap thing. It's, it's, I'm a bear. I'm going to hibernation <laughs> and I'll be up. Don't wake me up. Yeah. I'll go in five hours and then I got to take a piss and I'm like, oh, good. Okay. I want, that's it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's weird. I get like six hours a night, maybe. If my maybe, son isn't yeah. up, uh, he's only two right now. But if he isn't up and like spilt his milk or he goes to bed with milk still, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. I just broke him of our bed. It's yeah, that's and that's a hard one too because you're constantly worried about what's going on in the other room with him. Like, is he okay? Or we just got our daughter, she's finally got her door closed. She is self sufficient from how's your daughter? Six, okay, from 9 p.m. till 7 a.m. I never have to worry about her. She's not playing, she's not doing anything. That's a good age. Six is a good age. She was a nightmare to get in her own bed. And get break of the bottle, break of the bedwetting at like three years old. And now she is this perfect, self-sufficient, knows what she needs to do thing and follows the direction. Yeah. Sometimes she's upset. She can't snuggle or, you know. It's called consistent parenting for everybody out there. She's never going to understand that. It's going to be, oh no, but CJ got to sleep in your bed for a year. She saw. Sure. 
like, okay, great. So <laughs> Here we go. I know, right? So we're going to hear about that for a couple of years. How many children do you have? I have one. You have one. Yep. Are you planning for a second? I am actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wife and I are planning. Um, I have a seven-year-old son. He's... Um, He's a smart ass. I love him to death. Um, but you know, as, as a boy, uh, I, you know, it's funny. He really reminds me a lot of myself when I was that age. My um, daughter reminds me of me. I cowboy boots. Dude, my son's cowboy two boots. and he does the same thing. Oh, you can't take them off. He wore he them. Up, yeah. He wore them to school them. just like I did, but mm. these weren't just any old cowboy boots. These were bright red cowboy boots. And I'm like, Oh dude, don't do that. Like seriously, people are going to make fun of you. I don't care. I don't think they do anymore. You know, now the whole bully thing is like not as Everybody's getting a trophy and yeah, yeah. everyone's included. Right. All inclusive. (laughs) Yeah. But like bright red cowboy, my son's got brown cowboy boots. Mm -hmm. When he said bright red, I'm like, Oh, it could be worse. Oh yeah. He just won't take them off. My son will put them on no socks. And three days later, you feel like he's got mold on the bottom of his toes. I used to wear moccasins to school and, and like first grade, I, I shit you not. I wore moccasins. What? My mother, it was so funny. My mom said, honey, are you sure you want to wear those to school? The kids might make fun of you. No, no, no. It's fine. I want to wear them. So I'd wear them to school and I just didn't care what anyone thought. I, I had such a fear getting into first grade. I painted my nails with my mother's nail polish. We were at home alone. Mm-hmm. I think I was first grade six-ish and my brother was 12, 13 watching us. Mm-hmm. He wasn't watching us. Uh, yeah. It's like seven o'clock at night. I'm painting right, my nails the, yeah. and my, my mother's stuff. And I'm like, oh, red and pink. That's cool. I'm gonna go to school with this. Didn't think it was girls only. You know, I had no idea. Like only girls wore nail polish. From 6 a.m. my father woke us up. To 8.30 late at school, I'm sitting there with a nail wooden nail file filing my nails, trying to get all the color off down to nothing at first grade. And he's like, clench your fist oh, behind yeah. the rest. And because uh, it was just improper in like 96 to do Oh, that. yeah, that's, yeah. That wasn't acceptable. But you would have had CPS at your house. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And people and they- forget that you would actually, if you dressed your son up as a girl back then. CPS would have shown up. Oh yeah. It was not the right like social thing to do. Right. Giving kids an option. So like the stuff that Southern California, they have parents at four to six that are cross-dressing their children and sending them to school thinking, well, it's not the kid who wants to. What are your, what are your thoughts just out of curiosity? What are your thoughts on that subject? So like if the child wants to role play with their Relatives, family, friends. If my mm-hmm. son wanted to dress up in a dress, mm-hmm. play with his sister house. They got a whole like school student thing that I don't know, play set. Right. Cool. Play, enjoy yourself. Good fun. Mm-hmm. But when you start injecting ideologies mm-hmm. different to biology to your own children before their mind can wrap around it, mm-hmm. the only thing you got to teach them is how to act in a general substantial way right to carry them to like 13 and then when puberty hits and your body really starts to change and set in right then you should have your own decision right but from there it's all guided by parents i don't think you put a dress on a boy and send him out there repeatedly and say hey this is what you do unless there is an agenda mm-hmm. so like some of these people are doing it for clout, for TikTok, Instagram purposes. 
no four-year-old's going to be like, well, I want to be a girl unless he's seeing or the environment is telling him he wants to be a girl. Sure. You know, I'm like, that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Some of the people who are injecting their kids with fucking hormone blockers at like eight years old. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I think that CPS should be called out on. Oh, no, they it's, can't. That, it's California. That's, CPS can't go against kids now. It's, I mean, mm. it's out of control. It really is out of control. And um, it's going to bite back. Eventually. Yeah. People, I don't think a lot of people are aware of um, or even give a shit for that matter um, about how that affects the world. 15, 20 years from now, either the kids are going to be very resentful mm -hmm. or where they burn it down and say, F the parents who did it to them, or they're going to get into politics and then say, F the world who challenged them. Right. It's, there's no good outcome no. from a child who's treated that way. No, absolutely yeah, not. I agree. Against the parents or against the government who allowed it or, you know, people who made fun of it. Right. I'm not saying like bash the kids. It's not their fault. No, it's totally not their fault. If somebody is who they are and you know, they know it, let them be who they are. But yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't put, you know, don't indoctrinate with them with that, those thoughts. Or yeah, my, my kids should know nothing about politics, gender, right. sex, and except for what is basics. Right. I don't want my kid to be an Einstein at five and then right. have to weigh the world of like killing half the population for food, you know, like the whole Thanos particular, oh, yeah. like I don't, my six year old watched infinity war with us. And, uh, so she was watching Hulk smash. And then the next, it popped up. It was like that one in the first 15 minutes, her favorite was Hulk's the favorite, you know, smash right. cause my son loved it. And my six year old's like, yeah, that's Hulk. he's fighting the purple guy, Thanos. It's his ass whooped. This is where I knew I kind of messed up as a parent the other day. And um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this. this is gonna be no, stupid. it's all good. It's all good. So Let's now keep it real, man. Her favorite was Hulk. Uh huh. Now it's Thanos. He's the strongest. Right. So when he snaps and kills half the people, she asked why. And I was like, well, because there's not enough food, baby. He thinks that killing everybody, then only half people will eat. Sure. She's like, that's a good idea. I was like, what? I'm like, he saved half the people. Like, what? <laughs> Something's wrong. I failed. I failed. To, like, I, you, they say that one through four, the kids know the, the eternity or the answer to the, the what is life. At six, you get a hint of like, oh, shit, did I make the right choice? And like... It's funny. I think it's like, you know, the, the, the old kids right. say the darndest things type. It's like, no, they don't say the darndest things. They just, they're really direct. It's, you I, know, there's no filter. I hope she didn't <laughs> understand. Like, of course she's six, doesn't understand the gravity of that. No. But the idea, I just thought for a while, and that's what the whole population thing, that's 4 billion people just like, oh, she couldn't feed them. That's the best thing to do. And so we were talking, I was like, well, anybody who dies typically... Mini George Jones. What was that yeah. guy, the, the compound, the Kool-Aid guy? God. I mean, as horrible as that is, I'm not yeah. laughing. That's that's terrible. There was a lot of memes about it. Yeah. You know, that's what he's laughing about. Just the, <laughs> just the, the memes. The comedy that came right. out after the fact of like, hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> the, the point of the Soul Stone in the comics was that they all were taken into the Soul Stone and then these people didn't really die. Sure. So I tried to like tell her, I was like, well, you know, the people who turned to dust, they went to the Soul Stone. She's like, were the baby green? 
You know, so Gamora, who's green in there. Yeah. I was like, was that a nice place? She's like, yeah, that's a nice wait, place. Wait, wait, wait. So the character is named Gamora? Yeah, the girl who's in there. Yeah. Oh, there's, have you not seen Infinity War? Bi- 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 I'm thinking of the biblical. I like, understand. Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. Have you seen uh, Infinity War Marvel movies? I, I, I've I've heard of it. I have not seen it. No. Uh, see, I'm a bit of a cinephile. So like when you get a, a series mm-hmm. going and then it's like two seasons past, I'll start catching up. But when you get 22 movies past, yeah, I got in at like movie eight. And I was like, okay, I'm catching up. I'm watching them like three movies behind right now. I'll probably bootleg them eventually. You know, kids, <laughs> ain't got time. But- Frost wire. Eh, oh, back in the day, it was so easy. Now you got to go through like 16 VPNs, surveys. Yeah. yeah, you got a VPN, 16 surveys, and then say you're a real person through all the captchas. And then they go, ding, one X bet, one X bet. And it's always an advertisement across it. And it's so funny to watch a bootleg movie. But I couldn't believe my daughter sided with Thanos- Thought it was a good idea and then said it was a nice place for all these 4 billion people on yeah, Earth to go into this stone that was all pink and purple. I could see where that would be a little difficult to As bite a off. parent, I was just scared. I was like, oh, no. My wife and I went to go see that new movie, uh, uh, Easter Sunday by Joe Coy. I've heard oh horrible things. So we love Joe Coy. My mm-hmm. wife, by the way, is Filipina. Um, so... She's the one that actually, I, I taught her about Cat Williams here in the U.S. <laughs> and then she, and then she taught me about Joe Coy. That was her like, you know, answer back to me. And I was hooked. The minute I saw him, it was like, boom, I am hooked. Um, you want a water or something? Sure. Yeah. There's yeah. water straight back. Cool. I'm just like sipping my energy drink. Sorry. For some reason bought like 10 cases. Well, you know, the minis are much, just they're much easier to. You're not as wasteful when you're drinking out of a mini. We oh have a primo God, dude. These have door. a fancy cap on them too. Look at look at this. Look. Yeah, we usually have them on the table. Top. Look at this. So this thing has an actual pop top on it. That's yeah, crazy. And you can refill instead of screw top. You just kind of flip it over. That's awesome. And so we have the primo next door, and we just fill them back up whenever we put it awesome. in the fridge. Yeah. So Joe Coy. Yeah. So Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. So we love Joe's stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact. Chris Collins is a good friend of Joe Coy. So it's, it's kind of ironic, right? We learned all this, you know, later on down the road, but so we go to watch the movie and I'm envisioning kind of like a, a stand-up type deal, but a little different. And instead what we got was without, you know, ruining it for all the viewers, it was a fake story about maybe some facts that did occur in his life. And I was really disappointed. I okay, have to yeah, say, I was like hoping you were going to go. With no, I was, I was me. really disappointed. Um, I expected a lot more from, you know, Joe Coy cause he's a creative person. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. I think somebody served this movie up. Oh yeah. And said, you could be the next Chris rock. Oh yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler had a movie with Chris Rock uh-huh. about the two fathers. Yep. And the Easter Sunday, everything looked the trailer, all yep. of it. Somebody's getting married, doing this, doing that. Uh, and Walipa, you know, you're driving out, this happens, sure. you're taking the family, all the drama, all the trailer, right? And I'm like, this sounds exactly like Adam Sandler and Chris Rock's movie. Yep. I bet. Somebody served this script to yeah, him. Like, it, Here you it's, go. It's the studios. They suck. Like, but why take one of the most 
family oriented, oriented comics of our generation and his family and throw them into this like movie scene. And I haven't seen it, mind you. I haven't seen it, but everyone has told me every little detail. Don't go how, see it. It's terrible. How shitty it was. Don't see but it. But have you seen the Rotten Tomato score? I have not. Okay. In theaters? I think it's still in theaters. Unless yeah, they pulled I, I'm it. pretty sure it is. Unless they pulled it. Yeah, they might have pulled it actually. Yeah, I mean, it was that bad. <laughs> Uh, That's pretty bad. It's not showing up in the first page. Yeah, not at all. So let's go here. I can't wait until the 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that one. I'm surprised from the the media and what they... 43 now. It's better. It's better. It is, but still, I mean... And I I think it's better because people just want to support Joe Coy. He's cool. He's a cool dude. I think a lot of people can relate to, to the four, shit he talks about. Yeah, I've been to four of his concerts at Thunder Valley. Because uh-huh. we kept getting free tickets and they'd always put us like VIP. Yeah. I wasted too much money gambling back in the day. <laughs> watch a podcast. Uh, but yeah, point being, he came out with something new every time with a slice of something old. Yeah. So he'd always have like, my Ting Ting. Or, yeah. My Ting Ting grew up to be like, my Ting Ting. Oh, yeah. You know? He's a funny guy. Everything's always family. He did the Budweiser commercials with his uh, mother. Yeah. Here's a cheers to you. Yeah, that. that was awesome. But all of a sudden, this movie just felt so Sandler ripoffish. Mm-hmm. I was like, no fucking way. There's no way. And it's not even like you didn't have really good actors backing. I'm going to give, you know what? I'm going to give Joe Coy the benefit of the doubt. And I'm just going to say that this was something that agents or managers or somebody that was in control of said, Hey, you're under contract. You got to do this. If he's under contract, it only grossed $12 million in the U S that's pretty shitty. That's less than what the cost, what's the cost. Oh my God. It was way more than that. It has to be. I mean, they were using Aries. So for you, those of you who don't know, Airy cameras are what they use. Seventeen million dollars to make. They lost five million dollars. Damn. They might make up for it in distribution, but I doubt it. Because uh, it's free for streaming on HBO it's, Max. Yeah. Well, they get the they get the monetization right from that. Uh, so there's maybe. no ads. Oh, there's no ads. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, then they're SOL. They then. got twenty dollars per person more than a ticket. Go to Google and buy this movie and support a Joe Coy. They need five million dollars. Mm. Um, otherwise, they'll probably break his contract. Oh, damn. What was that? Oh. There's reviews? You can get Google reviews on movies? Of course. Google's got no their hand way. in everything, dude. So it's 5.5 out of 10. Wow. Where's the Google reviews I just saw? Okay, no rating, audience rating. No rating, um, four rating. Ooh, three. two. I'm very disappointed. Felt like the movie was trying. Hold on. Let me hit the more button. Trying too many things at once, comedy, action, drama, some romance. It was trying to tackle multiple things in one go. It was mediocre at best. Some key things that were missed opportunities to me. The opening scene recycled joke that it was pretty well to know for Joe Coy with the headline comedian. This should have been new content. His character in the movie has a teenage son who's also half white. Almost nothing about Filipino culture. Why is that? The movie takes place in California where five millions of Filipino families choose to live in the U.S., yet he had not eaten halo halo before. Halo uh, halo is a popular Filipino dessert. What is halo halo? Uh, it is a drink. So I don't know exactly what's in it, and I really don't want to know what's in it. And I know my mother and father-in-law are probably going to whip me after this. But um, 
yeah, a, a boba kind of deal, you know, uh, but just mixed in with a whole bunch of like a mystery drink for me. Anyhow, I don't know if you ask a Filipino person, I'm sure they know like right what it is. Like, you know, how hollow is huge in the Philippines. That's like saying, what is it? The horchata, right? Is, mm-hmm. is popular here because of the Spanish. Right. And then they just made rum chata. I'm not a big drinker, <laughs> but that mixed with A&W root beer is the best TikTok drink ever. Oh, I'm um, sure. It tastes like root beer float from the 90s, like <laughs> real rich vanilla. Um, sorry. But yeah, I, I can't believe it flopped so hard. It yeah, that's crazy. I, I Again, yeah, it, it's just... I, I, I think he'll be able to pick himself back up and oh, he's got contracts on contracts yeah. and then he's got his new comedian show. I think he t- he's taking over for some type of streaming service for Will Smith. I, yes. I heard something about that. Ten yeah. Comedians, they bring him out they yep. do like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so he'll be fine. Oh yeah. He's de- he'll definitely be so, fine. So with your new cinematography business, mm-hmm. what is it that you do? So, uh, actually it's sports cinematography. Um, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a film guy. Um, I don't shoot movies or any of that stuff. Um, so, uh, they have friendlies, they're called friendly matches. It's where Latin teams, teams from Latin America will come to the United States and the players love it. The teams love it because people pay more here to see them play than they do in their host countries. It's kind of like a scrimmage type thing. Yeah. And so they come, uh, you'll have two opposing teams and this is off season. These are off season games. Um, our last one that was big was the Chivas versus Pumas in Fresno. And, um, that was really cool. So these are both, uh, Mexican national teams, Liga MX teams. So we are, we, we were the executive producers, so we weren't really the camera guys. I'm, I got more into that after um, Chris and Chris Collins and I split. And um, the reason I got into that was because of drones. So I love drones. Um, I uh, I've done aerial rigging for uh, heavy lift drones that can lift, you know, massive cameras like that or even bigger. Um, it's just so much cooler when it's on a drone and you have a cinema camera yeah, strapped to it. Is doing all that for way too much money. Oh <laughs> it's yeah, commer- it's all commercial right now and mm-hmm. not like average hobbyist. But yeah. the hobbyists are getting into it. And I love it, dude. That is one of the things I love so much mm-hmm. about you know uh, vlogging and the internet and all of this stuff. You get these people that are truly creative that come up with these ideas, and it's like, hey, I thought of that. No, they did first. Is that? That's not the point. The point is they're coming together all as a community to put an end to these big Hollywood studios that have been fucking people for the last 40 plus years. But they're 15, 16 yeah. million dollar budgets. Ta- talent. For- they screw the talent. Like mm-hmm. it's terrible. And you see it. It's funny. You see it actually happening in the Philippines more than you do in the States. Well, we've ABS, CBN. At, yeah. We've gotten really good at hiding. Right. Like UFC. Still not disclosing what to pay in every single person. Yep. But we're really good at hiding it. Yep. If you don't like it, we'll just go to the Philippines or to yep. Saudi Arabia and have these fights. They do not care. It's no, they the don't. It's crazy. Like, I'll just give you an example. So I was blown away. We have a, a Philippines um, 
uh, section of, of stuff that we do for concerts that come, you know, the talent will come through to the Philippines. Um, some of our videos are up on our uh, dronecast.live site. But um, one of the things that I was amazed about are that the A-list stars from the Philippines are under contract with this major company. It's ABS, CBN or ABCN or whatever. I don't I don't know. What the, I don't remember what the acronym was, but it is a major they are a major um label, I, I guess you'd call it, in the world of media there. And what they do is they will nurture talent and then exploit them. So, and, and it's perfectly fine there because, you know, these people have, you know, brothers and sisters that are need to go to university. They have parents that could be sick. The list just goes on and on. And healthcare there, you know, it's a completely different subject, but healthcare there is very expensive. You have to pay out of your pocket. If you don't pay, you die, unlike here. And so they're bounty hunters are like the repo men in the Philippines. Right. They'll they take will, your organs. Oh yeah. Take your organs. Oh yeah. They'll cut you open. And I, when I was in Korea, uh -huh. it's very, it was very often that people's passports would be stolen when in contract to a business. <laughs> Is that what happens in the Philippines? Oh, yeah. Most people are oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. They take their passports. It's, it's so dirty, but you know, these, these, these big companies are exploiting these very talented um, Filipino artists. Um, I mean, and we've had talented Filipino artists here in the States. I mean, look at, uh, you know, the lead singer for Journey, uh, Arnel Pineda. He was amazingly talented. Uh, Marcelito Pomoy, you know, is another very talented individual. He's a singer and an actor. Um, it, the list just goes on. J.R. Salona. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, J.R. There's a ton of different great talent. Um, from the Philippines, but a lot of these people get exploited because these major networks are still like Hollywood was back in, say, the 50s or 60s in the U.S. They just haven't acclimated yet. Everything's still a little gray. Yeah. You know, for them to do. Oh, yeah, dude. Life. If you want to be a criminal, the mm -hmm. Philippines is a great country. Oh, I know. It's I'd, it's mm -hmm. so awesome. You just go there and yeah. I wanted to go to Thailand pre-COVID. Uh, I had a free flight to Thailand mm -hmm. to go uh, Bali. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I can go. Sure, shit, kids, pregnancy, didn't get to go, unfortunately. But I always wanted to go to Bali. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started looking at the statistics, the, you're sure to be robbed. Oh, yeah. I'm sure something will happen. Either burglar, robbery. It's corrupt. Either corruption, fake tickets. They'll get you on something. And if you're traveling alone... Kidnappings happen a lot, typically with younger women, things like that. The hold you ransom. Oh, yeah. The police, police will come, take their cut, take the money, go. It's dirty. It's really dirty. And now I think it's even scarier than ever, especially in the Philippines, because, you know, the regime before, of course, was uh, Rodrigo Duterte, who was the president. Um, Is he dead yet? No, not yet. Um, he was, uh, uh, I guess he was the the. the the better of the evils. Now you've got uh, Marcos, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., who they named Bong Bong Marcos, yeah. right? It's like, okay, let me just hide the fact that my father was the, you know, crazy criminal that he was, right? Or that my yeah, mother is pulling the, the strings yeah. in the back, Imelda. Yeah, I was like, hold on, how the fuck? Because <laughs> I saw the Vice story on this. Mm -hmm. How did all three of them, the other female, Bum Bum, mm -hmm. and the other president, how, with all the corruption, mm -hmm. did nobody take a shot? There's not one patriot. Because everybody, everybody in the Philippines has dirt on somebody. And if they don't have dirt, they'll make dirt. 
So they, they actually engineered the dirt to throw you on would others. would assume the government would have a CIA. You know, we, we put crack and drugs into our own inner cities. Sure. We're probably doing the same to other countries. We got people who are like, oh, you know, fentanyl. Here you go. We made it. Here's some stuff. Look at the favela, uh, Brazil, all this stuff. Look at Central and South America back South in America. the day. I'm just saying, if we didn't have a hand in these billions of dollars that are missing in the Philippines, I would be surprised. Yep. If there wasn't some man on the ground with a pair of glasses and a black suit that's like, you know what you should do? You should run for president and we'll back you. Mm -hmm. Or money. It's only paper. There you go. Yep. But they're missing like, what was it? 40 something million dollars. It's foul. In a deficit that just. One word. Dissipated. Foul. It is foul. I would kill them all. I'm just. It's a different country, different laws. Just fresh slate here. Pick three. Three. a, a, A janitor. Uh, a, a construction worker, hardworking people, just random hardworking people, and be like, "Okay, here you run. We'll find one of the three of you be president in mm-hmm. a third world country, because they can really do anything in the Philippines. Sure. They can build giant buildings in a day, or they could mow an entire mountain over. Mm-hmm. You can cook for a thousand people. There's a bunch of shit you can do there. Pick one hard worker, mm-hmm. sit him on the throne, and say, "Hey, you got 90 days, or you go in the hole." That's it. Make it better. Make it better. And I'm telling you, you'd have golden palaces. They'd find that money. Yeah. Okay, we found it in the hill in Bum Bum's place. You know, there's that little mm-hmm. tunnel, kind of like Saddam. They didn't learn. It's under a rock. Here we go. Well, unfortunately, Imelda, the mom, is still around. And I don't wish death upon many people. If I think she's one of the few people I, I, I can honestly say I... I hope wasn't around for much longer. She's an evil person. She's the one that's pulling the strings behind the scenes. And unfortunately, she's very popular. And a lot of these, especially in like uh, Ilocos Norte, these are all, you know, provinces because she gives a lot of money to the local Part people. Of that 40 something million in deficit from when his father was around. Yeah. Let's just, just yeah, let's give the people money. It's not their stolen money. It was never their Dude, there was a money. Netflix documentary with her. Did you I see? I watched it. She yep. was in her big old dumb motorhome handing out just money. Money. Like you could have had those the spray guns invented by them. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah. And which, by the way, they have. Yeah. Have you seen those for, for like baby showers? Oh, I know. You know they they, they the invented money them guns. Yeah. with their 40 something million. In yeah, that that's what Imelda should have done. She should, yeah, exactly. It would have been easier the than the carpal tunnel she got from. <laughs> Here, hey, I just, Alan, let me get some hundred dollar bills. I just want there to be change in that country. And I, you know, I, I love the Filipino people. Um, Who they're would humble. You have step in if you wouldn't be the U S because <sighs> imagine 20 years from now, somebody steps in today, mm. France, Germany, Russia, mm. uh, some Latin American country. It's, Canada. You know, I can't even I can't even answer that question. And the reason why is because it's there's global corruption. It's everywhere. And and I hate to paint it all black, but you know, truth is truth. And that's that's the truth. It doesn't matter if it's France, doesn't matter if it's Ukraine or Russia or, you know, the United States. There is corruption globally. It is like a a disease. Power corrupts absolutely. Everyone. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because, like, if you took, uh, say, take North Korea, mm-hmm. and then you take the bad parts of China, and you take the bad parts of the Philippines and made it one nation, mm-hmm. who do you think you would have? Jeez. Us? Yep. 
<laughs> just saying, you got the over, overpopulation in some areas, the homelessness, the corruption, the crime, yeah. all of it. It's like, it's little bits and pieces of the U.S. It sucks, man. I love my country. I love the United States. It really sucks, I, I'm man. I'm telling you, I served for it. I loved it. I had so much. I was what like, branch were you in? Army. Oh, right on. After 9-11, I was like, I, I literally watched it on the TV. My grandfather had served, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like. I saw his uniform when I was like seven. I was like, I want to be in the army like Papa. Mm-hmm. And sure as shit, I followed through when I was 17. I enlisted, convinced my family. I was like, sign here. I'll go. It'll be great. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And then it was a nightmare. Yeah. It, was, it was not this. Did you go overseas or? No, I went to Korea. Oh, you were in Korea. Okay. The thing that busted my melon and it got me so depressed was that we were on lockdown for mm-hmm. nine out of 10 months that I was there. And I left a month early. And then they shot at our, uh, well, accidental missile fires. Right. Yeah. So we were in Camp Casey mm-hmm. next to CRC at the 37th. Mm-hmm. And so we patrolled a lot, but we didn't get any fun. It wasn't like Pusan down south where people were like, hey, man, come down for a week. You'll be fine. Yeah. Get a small transfer. No, we were battle ready gear seven days a week. No fun. Fourth of July, we thought uh, missiles were coming down. They're like, come down. Kim John in, he's incentivized, said, oh, they will seek vengeance. And I'm like, it's not what I thought it would be. I, the first day I was there, I got a bucket of piss thrown at me outside of the airport. Not their fault. They've been treated poorly by soldiers. So like they just, yeah, but it was a miserable fucking place to live. It was I'm horrible. Sure it was. Great food with the Filipinos. There's a place called Cloud Nine Chicken Tocino. I had that once a week Mm -hmm. and a four hour block that we were allowed to go do laundry. And I did it right next to cloud nine, this restaurant. Mm -hmm. Oh, that food was so good. Dude, you got to come by. You got to come by. I'll invite you, the wife, your kids come by the house, have my wife cook for you guys. She's, I mean, whatever she touches, dude, they, the Filipino people are so talented. Men and women alike are talented with cooking. They can put it's, you know how they say, uh, if you hate what you do, it's not a passion. Right. You know, if you love what you do, you won't work. Sure. For some reason, I found that a lot of Philippine, Filipino people, Filipinas, mm-hmm. when they do something like they do cooking, it's nothing but passion in it. Yep. Instead of throwing work into it, they throw a lot of passion into it yep. because they're raised on, well, you're doing that with your mother and it's a fun time. It's a, sure. you're doing something with your father, you're laying brick or you're putting up a fence. It's a fun time. It's like, okay. Or you're not it's having not, to take a test. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not like negative right you know it's not when me i was digging a hole it was like oh we got to get this done then you can have your fun right no, they incorporate a lot of passion and fun to it like, yeah i love it let's have a good time it's a different yeah it's, it's it's a different definitely a different culture and a different world and i just i again i it's it's such a colorful you know uh a colorful culture yeah i, I Never had a problem with any Filipinos. No, they're super nice. South Koreans. <laughs> no. I, when I got out of the service, I thought I was like, anywhere, anywhere I would hit a red button on. Right. North Korea up to the 36th. Yep. Totally fine. Just wipe it out. Um, but that was my idiocy thinking like, well, it's not, it wasn't me. It was all them being hateful. But in reality, it was a lot of other soldiers and people that really pissed them off in their bigoted times since the 50s. We'd been occupying their land. Yep. And we're supposed to be helping. Yeah. In reality, we're just like, hey, we'll train your soldiers one month out of their two-year sentence. And it was always college kids. Yeah. And they'd come by and be like, please don't kill me. It's their first month. They're thinking, oh, I'm just going to die or I go home. Right. Damn. 
Yeah, it's it's sad. It, it really is. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that people just don't see. It, it really erect my mentality of the army. I asked, there. you know, it's interesting. We're talking about military. So I, I have a cousin who served, he was in the Navy for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an air, air traffic controlman, got out. Um, he got into federal law enforcement and he's now a, um, a special agent with one of the branches of, of federal, federal law enforcement. And I asked him, uh, I said, you know, is there anything that you want to share about, you know, some dirt bag that you put away? And he sent me back a really stunning text message. It was, it, it was like two lines literally. And it said, don't believe everything you see in the news. It's worse. Oh yeah. That oh. was it. That was all he sent me. And it was like, okay. You can't be an appealing branch of the military at all if you are the military. Right. So it's, they don't even, the military doesn't put out any of their here, come and join us stuff. That's all media companies. Sure. And I don't think. Contracted. Contracted out for life. Right. If you look at the, what is it? The trailers. Uh Uh-huh. Samuel, what was the guy's name on uh, the military needs you? Samuel, what was it? Oh, the the guy from the... I saw uh, a picture of him. Sh- uh, Shut Industries is your one-stop shop for severe duty military commercial consumer trailers. Nope, that's not it. That's a trailer. <laughs> not trailer. What is it? How would I word this? Uh, who army makes the Army... Videos. Videos, yeah. Who makes the Army pro- uh, promo videos? I'm trying to find this. There was a company that did it before. So they have like a, a lifelong contract with the military for yeah. specifically for it's their- It's kind of like Blackwater and all those. There's right. a company that's specifically in media that does all their- adver- It's an advertising agency. That's a trap. That's owned by a separate company that's tied to somebody. And I'm trying to find. Although totally not surprising. Army, Army social media handbook PDF <laughs> for Fort Carson. This might be interesting. Carson, that's in uh, uh, Colorado, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate when there's a... Uh, anytime somebody's like, yeah, let me go ahead and be the Brigadier General and write a letter to my troops. <laughs> Is that... Yep, that's Brigadier General. Yeah, it's a Brigadier General, <laughs> yeah. Um, Best practices, you have to make the most opportunities, expand your knowledge base, and add your social media toolkit. This is your handbook, not only for prime... Uh, only a primer to the basic operations of social media assets in it. You will find the basic requirements for setting up and maintaining us, maintaining various social media platforms. By the way, people, a brigadier general is a one star general. If I'm correct, am I correct with that? I think, it's, I think it's a one star, one star general. Yeah. This is basically like your chief of public affairs. The guy who's in front to talk to all the news people. That's crazy though. Yeah, There's a Twitter, a Facebook, and how, that's crazy because they own you in all aspects. Sure, for up to eight years. Yeah, that's why they call you government issue, yeah. GIs. That's a picture of an old. <laughs> of course, sixty-eight percent of these devices monitor breaking news. Sixty-seven percent of these use phones to share and event pictures, videos, commentary. That's crazy. So this is the social media handbook from April twenty sixteen. This is back when the iPhone 4 was out, iPhone 5, I believe. And it goes through some weird shit. Uh, UCMJ code of conduct. They'll be updating it in another couple of years. 
Oh, I bet. 10 year, like 10 so year. So our goal probably. was to find DOD instructions, internet service based, was to find who owns the advertising rights. Cause that's probably the better question though. Oh, there you go. About us. There's no way. They still have their phone number and they contact us on the bottom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, this is how you find out in the government. That's <laughs> pretty crazy. Basically, I remember seeing a story that there was a company mm -hmm. that owned the rights to making all this because there's nobody in the army that's like, let's make our commercials. No. So back to the idea is that there is a bunch of very stupid people in the army and like we're one of them come up with an idea and they're like, you know, we'll send it up the chain of command. We're like, okay, we could shoot a video. Well, most of these guys don't shoot their own videos. So there's like million dollar crews that come through a base and they'll prep a whole road, spray it with fake water, drive a Humvee, whip it, do their commercial. And it looks like a movie scene. They'll even clean up after. But they're wow. not military. So, so the, 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 these are actors. These are actors. And they'll, they'll strip down to do the thing. They're like, no, no, we're just civvies. We don't care. Always. And I, I remember the name of the company. It's on the tip of my tongue. But we looked it up back in like 2009. Uh -huh. And this company was owned by a big proponent of like firearms and people who supported war. Right. And I was like, well, Go that, figure. that's a conspiracy theory all on its own that they're doing all the media and they can put the image out. Sure. So if they don't have to act a certain way and they can just look, you never want to show, it's like a an open lock prison in most of these barracks. Just a bunch of people who haven't gone to jail yet, probably should have been in jail. They're like, I'm turning my life around. It's funny you say that because I remember talking to somebody one time who went to jail a few times and um, I said, so what was it like? And the first thing that came out of this person's mouth, they were a former service member. It reminded me of boot camp. Exactly. And it's, I was it's like a parallel. They're made by the same people who come up. And I was, things. yeah, I was like, so what do you mean? He's like everything. The wake up calls, the shit ass food, the, you know, the, the crazy people. I've never been to jail, by the way. <laughs> this, this is personal experience from everything I've seen in America. There is a identical, like they're both surrounded in, in gun towers and yep. chains. You're not allowed to leave without permission. Yep. Also, you're constantly monitored, really shitty foods and defects. If you're not working, you're dying or you're on medical leave. And Which is probably worse. If you're not moving up the food chain, then you won't get out of there. So if you're not right. progressing yourself, you're not going to go to a next duty station. Right. And so there's a lot of people who stay there like, yeah, I'm working on it. It's either this or death or I'll be on the streets. Well, then they get on the streets and then they're across the street at the prison. Right. And it's like, hey, guys, now I got one window, you know, like right. tiny, tiny bars. That's that's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. It really is. It, it's it's unfortunate. That's, that's the way the world has been built. If, if I, I highly think that if you reset society, some people say the great reset or whatever is coming. If you really reset the society today and rebuilt it without the knowledge of the last 200 years and all the bullshit, I think we'd do something better, you know, than prison systems. I would hope so. Ratios. Um, Wait, to hope is to doubt. Yeah. I'd want it to be better. If it, yeah, if it was an option. <laughs> the way that we built it now is credit yep. and trying to stay away from lower income neighborhoods, whoever may be there. 
You know, like, oh, I want to move up to the white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's a nice neighborhood. And then I need my credit to be real high. Mm -hmm. but like a credit card from 15 years ago pops on my credit. And then you're like, oh, I don't mm -hmm. It's just, this is this is your average blue collar worker. It's like, hey, babe, I got a 750. Yeah. You got $16,000 in debt. Biden's going to forgive 10000 in debt. Hey, babe, I got a six twenty. What the fuck happened? I don't know. I just paid off credit cards. Well, that's, one, that's, that's America for me <laughs> Cause right and now. effect. It's everything. Um, well, I think that's... We've been recording almost two hours. Jesus. I keep getting a text message from somebody. <laughs> me too. It's like... Bzz, bzz, bzz. Uh, dude, it was great to have you on here. Yes, absolutely. we got to do this man. again. Thank you so absolutely. much for showing us your cool toys. And hey, let people know where they can find you. Absolutely. So um, we're on Instagram. We're on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, but... The website's probably the best way to go. It's just, it's drone casts. So it's plural. So D R O N E C A S T S dot live drone cast dot live. And we'll have that in the description and links below. So hit subscribe, share, do if you care. We'll see you all next time.